So we believe you're going to hear from God this morning. Uh, as we were in prayer on Tuesday, Tuesday morning prayer, praying for the church, like we always mm-hmm. at some point pray for the church, we found ourselves uh, praying for more boldness, asking the Lord, give us more boldness, Lord, in our faith to the people in this church, uh, especially. I mean, we pray for all churches, but we're praying for our church and for the people that call Community Life Church their um, their home, their family, and boldness, you know, to speak up about our faith, just like what Jason was saying here about our faith, to witness mm. to people, to live out our faith in front of an unbelieving world. It's a world out there that desperately needs Jesus Christ, desperately needs to oh. know him. Uh, and times are rapidly changing, are they not? Who would have believed, you know, 15 years ago, um, the same-sex marriage, let's say, for instance, which was legal in 2004 in one state, is now legal in all 50 states. Or that abortion in the third trimester would be passed as a law and legalized in one place just recently, New York City. You know, or birth certificates are beginning to offer just gender-neutral option, male-female. <laughs> yeah. Others, you know, marijuana legalized for recreational use in I think eleven states. I was reading in Washington D.C. People's views on sanctity of life, people's views on mm. marriage, just on sexuality, education, how to raise your kids, drug use. To talk about socialism, you know, adapting to socialism in this country. It's like Dorothy on the Wizard of Oz. You know, she's looking at Toto. I have a feeling we aren't in Kansas anymore. (laughs) It's like, I don't have a feeling. We aren't. Come on. We aren't in Kansas anymore, so to speak. And we we cannot be oblivious to the culture and what's going on around us today. We have to stay. You really do have to listen to the news as much as sometimes you don't want to. You do need to have your eyes open and have some discernment about what's happening around us because the culture is rapidly changing, but we don't want to be oblivious to it. Uh, and we don't want to hide from it either. Correct. And just run from it. Like, I don't want to hear about it, and so I'm not going to listen to anything. I'm just going to turn on my Christian music and just, mm. you know, live there. Well, we do need to listen to worship music. Amen. But we, we cannot hide from the culture. We can't run from it, and we can't be afraid of it. And you and I cannot reach, how could we reach a lost and dying world, you know, that we don't know or want to know or don't want to understand? Correct. Or we just sit back and go, oh, my God, this place is just crazy, and just sit back and judge everything and do nothing about it. Because we need boldness in this day, boldness to shine the light of God's love and truth into a dark world. Into, into people's lives that need to hear the gospel right into the darkness. And not only do adults need it, but just like we were, we were made a mention in that announcement, our children will need boldness and discernment because it's confusing out there. Right. Is it not? It's confusing for adults, let alone children, to be understanding this onslaught of just opposition to the truth that we find in Christ, that we find in the Bible and more than ever, our children and our grandchildren you know, are going to need a parental example in front of them, a living faith in the home in front of them. This is what it means Come on. 
to be a follower of Christ. Because it really rapidly, we tend to think, well, this is, it was a Christian country. It's not a Christian country in that sense. Because so many cities, if you go to them, it's post-Christian. And they, our kids need to understand where to find their bearings in a world that's kind of lost their bearings, right. if you will. And this Thursday, no, it's October, it's the following week, is it? Or is it this, it's thir- this, is this Thursday? It's the third. Yeah. Bring your Bible to school day. So parents, be sure to encourage your child, support your child in doing that. Equip them, though, not only with the Bible, but you want to equip them with some words. What do I say to people? Because it's not enough you know, to just say, I brought my Bible to school, that's great. Well, what does that Bible mean? What's, why do you carry a Bible? So we want to teach our kids the basics of the gospel message so that they could sh- just openly and more naturally just share with their friends what they believe. This is the boldness that we need Correct. in 2019. I mean, the fact that our schools and government, you know, and the culture are moving farther and farther away from just endorsing anything that says, yes, you know, we believe mm-hmm. in Jesus Christ. You're not going to hear it or any Christian values. It actually puts us in really good company, though. You think, well, who are we in company with? And I think we're in company with the early church. Amen. The early Christians, because the Roman government hated Christians. That culture hated the early church. And Jesus didn't just tell his disciples, you know, to run away from it or just go run and change the government somehow. He said, go right out into it and make a disciple and like bring my kingdom into the dark place. And we're going to need boldness in order to do that, are we not? And that's what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1. We're going to talk about some of this today. Mm -hmm. Jesus told them they would need supernatural power to wait to be endued with power from on high before you go out and be a witness for me. And so as we were praying on Tuesday, you know, we found ourselves praying about boldness. And Amanda, um, one of the Amandas brought up Peter in the book of Acts, praying and thinking about that, remembering the boldness of Peter on the day of Pentecost when he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Like a big change happened in that right. man's life that came upon him because a few weeks earlier there was Peter... You know, as he's watching Jesus be led off to be brutally crucified, he, he, the one who was the closest, one of the three closest disciples to the Lord, taught for three years. Mm-hmm. He's vehemently, like, brings a curse down on himself, denying that he even knew Jesus. I think it probably shocked Peter, like, how did I do that? But, I mean, he, Peter did, if you look at his life, he had a, an overconfidence in himself. I mean... <laughs> He was the one wanting to call fire down, you know, Jesus, they don't want to accept you in this city now. Let's just call fire down and burn them up. And he's the one who pulled out the sword in the Garden of Gethsemane and he cuts off the high priest's servant's ear. You know, I think he probably really didn't want to just sliver the ear. He probably was aiming for his head. (laughs) And Jesus, like, put your sword back in, in your sheath there that... But Peter was operating a lot because he healed. He actually healed that man's ear. Right. But Peter was operating a lot in his own natural strength and his own natural understanding. But when he was confronted with the real possibility of persecution and loss of his life, you know, the fear of man got the, the best of him. Yeah, he openly so denied. He openly Christ. denied, yeah. yeah. But now here's the day of Pentecost. Some uh, few weeks later, uh, Peter stands up among uh, 
with the 11, the other 11, he, he stands up in front of this crowd of people and he raises his voice without any hesitation and he preaches the gospel. And if you read that, he was on point. He didn't let anybody off. He actually was right in their face. And what happened is because of the boldness, that brought the Spirit of Christ into the scene, and 3,000 people were saved that day. Yeah. 3,000 people were saved that day. And it, you go back to remember what Jesus says. He says that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll receive power to be a witness for yeah. him. And that, that day, if you remember, you read about it, there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind that came. And it came into the room where they were, and it appeared like tongues of fire rested upon them. And I believe that they weren't just little tongues of fire on top of their head. I think that they were like, how many know the Fantastic Four? Like Johnny Flame on. And I think that's what was going on. They were on fire for Jesus. And the, the key is, is that they were all, because of that sound, that sound of that rushing wind, people from the city came to find out what was going on. Yeah. They came to see what was that? What was that sound? And so what happens is that they, in that upper room, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in other tongues. They spoke in other tongues. That wasn't the only thing that happened because Peter goes out there and he's witnessing to the people that he was just weeks ago afraid of. Yeah. And he was bold as you please about it. And they're all making fun of him, just like they're going to make fun of you. Anybody been made fun of because you're a follower of Christ? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they did that to you, listen, that's why you need to strengthen your children. Because even the teachers these days will attack your kids for believing in Christ. Yeah. So you need to equip them to be out there being a witness for Christ. Well... Here's the thing, they all start making fun of it. Oh, they're all drunk, they're all drunk, you know. Obviously, they were quite happy about what was happening in their lives at that point. So they claimed that they were all drunk, and Peter's up there, he says, no, they're not drunk as you suppose. He brings up Old Testament end-time prophecy from the book of Joel. And this is on our outline, we could see and read it together here. It says, this is in Acts chapter 2, verses 16 through 21. And he's explaining to these Jews who knew about the Bible, who knew about the Old Testament, and so he's explaining what this was. He says, this is the beginning of what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days it shall be, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire, and vapor of smoke, and the sun shall be turned into darkness, and moon into blood, before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. 
And whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Peter's saying what you hear, what you see, was prophesied hundreds of years ago by the prophet Joel. And it's happening right before your face. And this is an end times. If it was the end times back in the day of Pentecost 2,000 years ago, what's that make it now? Yeah, it's the end times. The end of the end. It's closer to the end end times. So do you think that the Holy Spirit is kind of relaxing his hold on things because it's close to the end? Or do you think he's going to ramp things up? Yeah. He wants to ramp things up, but he needs willing participants. Yeah. And that's yeah. going to be you and me. Yeah. It says here, your young men, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will visions, the old men dream dreams. Even on my men servants and maid servants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. This same gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is available right here today for anybody who has a hunger for the things of God, yeah. who's spiritually hunger, who's heart thirsty for more of God. There has to be more of God. And you, how many times have you said in your own heart, there has to be more, Lord. There just has to be more. Well, there is more. Yeah, yeah there is more. Yeah. There is more. Yeah. And it's available to all those who believe. Yeah, yeah. So I had received um, salvation when I was a young girl, little girl. I grew up Catholic. But growing up Catholic, I never got very far in my faith. I mean, there was really no understanding of the Bible except just pieces and parts that were read during what's called the Mass that I would hear on Sunday. I genuinely, I look back and I think, I know I genuinely knew Jesus. I loved him. I went to church faithfully. I'd take communion. But by my high school years and by college years, interest in spiritual things like that was just fading fast. I mean, we, we told our testimony some months ago, shared some of that. So we don't really want to get into that part of it. Uh, but, you know, how we met, and we began attending church. We always took our kids to church. Steve was Lutheran, and so we were in a Lutheran church, and then we, we tried a Methodist church. We just began. Our kids were small, and I look back on it, and I think we were searching. We were wanting something more. We'd go, and I'd walk out and think, there's got to be something more. I didn't even know what more was. But I thought, God, like something inside of me wants more. And God began to show us, you know, I, I, I think he takes the yes. smallest bit of interest and desire. And he'll say, I could, I could use that. Come on. I could, I could use that. And he did. He, he, we found ourselves eventually in this small, it was a charismatic church, never had been in a charismatic church. It met. It, met, it was the beginnings of the church's meeting outside of a typical church building because it met... Uh, at a hotel in a large hotel room, but anyways, we heard people. We heard about we heard about the teaching of the, through the Bible, and we heard people praying in the Spirit. Never had heard that before. We weren't turned off by it. We were kind no. of intrigued by it. It was like, what are they doing, and what is it about? And so we began to just look, search Scripture ourselves, yep. read the Bible about it, wondering why hadn't we heard anything about this? I mean, these people seem normal, and they seem really passionate about their faith and I thought that's what I want I want to go in that direction Amen. I don't want this to just be I come and go and it's like that's the end of it for me 
And so in 1989, um, I was baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. And I, I was working at the time as a nurse at the Butler Hospital right here in Butler. Uh, I was a nurse manager on the drug and alcohol rehab unit. So I had my own office. And so before the 7 o'clock shift began, <laughs> I came in a little bit early. I sat at my desk, and I began to read this book I brought with me. I mean, I was. I was hungry. I thought, if I have time on my shift today, I'm going to pull myself apart, and I'm going to read a chapter in that book. It was God's will for your life. And I had never thought about it, God's will for my life. I, you just somehow went to church all those years. You went and left. You knew you should go to church. You should know God, but I'd never understood. He really had a will for my life. Come on, right. So anyways, I'm reading. I'm just reading this chapter about the power of God that's available to believers if you need power in your life to be an overcomer. And I thought, well, I, I need power in my life. How many of you need power in your life? Yes. How many of you have all the power you need? It's like, nope, I don't. That, turn the chapter, go to the next one. I was like, I need this. So I'm, I'm sitting there reading, and uh, I followed the steps. I mean, really, it was just simple. Open up your heart by faith. There were, some, there were just scriptures about it in the New Testament, so I saw that it was biblical. Mm-hmm. And I was amazed, just opened up my heart, and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit sitting there at my desk. I this prayer in other languages just started to flow out of me. And I was stunned, really. And I had this sense as it just was flowing out of me, this language I couldn't understand. But I thought, I feel like I'm, I know what's one of something is, I grabbed a piece of paper and I wrote down, use my power. And I thought, God, I feel like you're saying to me, use my power. And then I kept praying, praying. And the next thought that came to me was, and I wrote it down, Walk about in joyful expectation of things to come. I thought, what is going on? Like, this is awesome. <laughs> so I'm just praying. I didn't want to stop. I mean, you can pray. You can stop at will. You know, the Bible says that the spirit of the prophets is subject, you know, to the prophets. So you can, you can stop, but I didn't want to. You know, I got up. I had, there was a single bathroom across the hall because I shared my office with a social worker and I thought, if he comes in, I, this is just too awesome to stop. So I went across the hall, opened the door, and stood there in front of the mirror. Just, I was just, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And this <laughs> language is coming out, and I'm thinking, this is awesome. So I, I, I hated to even stop because I thought the shift is going to start. And I, I'm thinking, if I walk up the hall and I sit at the nurse's station, I know these nurses are going to look at me, and I'm going to look like I'm glowing or something. <laughs> I wasn't, but I thought, I felt like I was on the inside. Like there was just something that was overwhelmingly beautiful about all of it. And I really didn't want to stop praying. But, you know, I I look back on that experience and I think about use my power and walk about in joyful expectation of things to come. I did not realize it at the time, but little did I know that I would use both of those phrases that the Lord Really, it was like a tongue and an interpretation right. to wage spiritual warfare in the days and weeks and months and even years ahead in my life mm-hmm. to fight a fight of faith whenever it seemed like the enemy was saying, it's going downward, it's never going to be good for you. I mean, there were just all kinds of things that happened in our lives that would want the devil would want to say, just sit down and shut up. You don't have any power. And I'd think, no, I know he said, use my power. I know he said, walk in joyful expectation of things to come. And so 
that experience, I was just becoming, after that I became, and we both did, I mean, Steve could yeah. tell his own story about how we, I came home that day and I said to him, I, I prayed in other tongues today at it work. It was, I was <laughs> not filled with the Holy Ghost, but I, she's sitting in the chair, we still have that chair, I got on my knees like this and I said, oh, I want to hear it, I want to hear it. <laughs> He goes, what did it sound like? She was too embarrassed I was to like, oh, I, because people, and I think this is part of the reasons why sometimes people resist the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It can be so foreign if you haven't, especially if you've been taught against it, that it's weird. And so it's not weird. It wasn't weird. We had never been taught against it, but it was right. just seemed like it was such a holy thing. It was like, yes. well, you won't understand what I'm saying. And so I sort of whispered a few little prayers, but he's like, I want this, I want this. And if anybody else on this whole planet was going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, it was going to be me. Yeah. <laughs> and I am not kidding. And she goes, oh, here's this book. Read I said, the just follow this chapter, I think. I said, chapter. I don't need no stinking instructions. <laughs> <laughs> so it took him two or three more weeks, see? Yeah, to, it to took me a while him. before, and I got so tired. I tried to speak in tongues so much that I almost threw up trying to... <laughs> it was pathetic. <laughs> but we're talking about boldness because the Spirit... Because it is a bap the baptism of the Holy Spirit does it's a baptism of fire yes it's often it is described as and so there's this fire and boldness that does come upon your life and so what and is I look the back, purpose well, yeah. I just you know, go ahead I just look I just I want to share preach. one more thing no fired yeah, know, up girl we're gonna probably run out of time here look at how could it be 11:25 already did somebody move the clock ahead <laughs> I don't know if who's keeping track Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love this no. church. <laughs> Nobody. But there was a boldness that came into both of our lives. I mean, yep. there was a boldness to talk to people about the Word of God, a desire to read the Word of God. Oh, my. It just developed. It was like I wanted to know what the Word of God said. I talked up. to people about the Word of God, nurses on the unit. I mean, at some point when I actually quit my full-time job and went back as a casual employee, and I would find myself just, nat it was a spiritual program. How many of you know that, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous and NA is a spiritual program? So I thought, well, now I'm just going to share them the spiritual side of things. And I mean, eventually, I, I <laughs> having been in management, it was kind of funny. They came to me eventually and said, you can't keep talking to the patients about so openly about your faith, and I'm thinking, is it really that noticeable? You know, <laughs> but there was there was a difference for me, especially because I'm definitely more of an introverted person. I, we 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 asked one of the people that we worked with to come home. She had endometriosis. This is pretty. And powerful. I began to talk to her. She was the unit secretary. I said, God still heals today, and we believe that He does. And she's like, You do? And this was all new to her too. I said, Come to my house after work, and we'll pray for you. And we did. And to this day, I mean, that was, I, I don't know, that I'm not, it was 20-some years ago. I yep. saw her about a year and a half ago here in town, and she said, you know, Mamie, the day that you got, you and Steve prayed for me, I've never, I, the, I didn't need the surgery. The pain went away from the endometriosis, and she said, I'm still healed to this day. And I think, you know, praise God for using his power. Come the on. whole point to all of this is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit will open the door to more 
just desire for his power in, in our life. So this it, is, yeah. what is the purpose? I guess we could Yeah, we could go here. in here. What's the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It's power for boldness. Yeah. It's power for boldness. It's, this is what Jesus says. He says this right here in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Let's read that together. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, it gives us power. It gives us help from God. And boy, you and I, we need this power to be overcomers in this world. Amen? Amen. You need power to be a witness. You need power to be bold. You turn on the news, and how bold is the opposition? Very. Uh, politics. Politicians are cussing up a storm right now and think it's cool. This is how far we've fallen. And now those of us who call on the name of Jesus have to be just as bold. I mean, no, you can, you'll never overcome in your life if you don't draw a line in the sand. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what's it say? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. We need this power. We need His anointing in every walk of life today. We need it in our relationships. We need it on our jobs. We need it on for our health. We need it in every area of our life. And God knows we need help. And He wants to give it to us. And he's made it very clear for us how to receive it. You know, we're people in need of God. We have to have God. But, you know, God needs you to reach people that are in your sphere of influence. And for you to just keep your head in the sand is a dangerous thing for when you stand before him. And for that individual. Suppose nobody ever witnessed to you about Jesus. Where would that put you? You know, we have a spiritual enemy here on this earth. And he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And you and I need power to overcome him. And you and I do not have the power to beat him on our own. You and I need this power given to us by the Holy Spirit. That is the only way you're going to be able to resist the devil, and that is the only way the devil will flee from you. Other than that, he's going to eat your lunch. Again, look at what it says here in Zechariah. Let's read this together. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Look at that. You and I have no power within ourselves to defeat a spiritual enemy. Remember what we read first? The Holy Ghost will come upon you and your men and women, your young women and young men prophesy. You'll, you'll dream dreams. You know, that opens your mind to the spirit realm, to a place where now the Bible will come alive to you. It will be, and this is what happened to me, it would be as though Jesus was Speaking to me as I read this Bible. And it's all because of the Holy Spirit. 
being filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, salvation is awesome. Praise God. Having our sins are forgiven. Yes. All of these things, having that relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ, but yet God the Father and Jesus Christ sent the Holy Spirit so that you can have Him fill you to the fullness. Right. And it's not just to speak in tongues, but that is the initial evidence of it. Right. It's so that you can have power. Everybody say power. Power. Anybody need some? Yes. I do. I need so it. So is the Holy is this the Holy Spirit baptism a separate experience from salvation? People ask that question, and yes, it is. It's a separate experience. And when a, this is on your outline, when a person receives salvation, the Holy Spirit will abide on the inside of the of the person. It's like the the well of salvation. It's described as yes. You know, when a person receives the Holy Spirit baptism, the Holy Spirit will empower. Then comes upon the word upon is often used. Come on. So it's like the Holy Spirit within, abiding within, and then the Holy Spirit coming upon. You know, you might picture it this way, like a Christian has the Holy Spirit living inside of them like water in a glass, like the, that well idea. He's there as the comforter. He's there as the helper. Mm-hmm. He's there as the counselor, as Scripture says that he is, to lead us, to direct us, to guide us in the right direction. But the Holy Spirit baptism, Holy Spirit, it's like the filling that glass, like let's pour in, let's just overflow this thing, Right? To the overflow. Yes. Pouring it out to overflowing. So he's, he's there to help you go beyond what your natural mind Come very on. often limits us, limits you to. You know, he, we, he can go far more beyond the limited reasoning. Yes. And what are the imagination of our mind. Come it on. It opens up your, your soul, your heart to the supernatural power of God. It really does. I mean, he releases that. I have found just an overwhelming majority of the time people you know, that God works through to do, to lay hands on people and to believe for, these kind, for, for miracles in, in their lives have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because there's just right. this deeper passion. It's like, yeah, let's see what God can do. We're not afraid to, even like in a church like this, lift our hands before God. It's not weird. It's normal. Amen. When you have a passion for something, just like go to your, go down to this, watch a Steeler game. You see some passion, some people jumping, doing some real crazy things. I love the Steelers, right? I mean, they're doing, well, we love God. We should come in here and go, I can't wait to worship, you know, shouting, shouting our praises to God. And so the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I believe, helps us do that. Come on. I do. I believe it it helps us. There's no question about it. He's going to work in us, but he also wants to work in a greater way through us. And this boldness that comes with the baptism, just you find yourself wanting to do that. Where where maybe there was a cowardice, like what happened to Peter. Come on. You know, and this timidity to stand up. Then then on the day of Pentecost, he's like preaching in the public square, and 3,000 people get saved. Love it. So let's just, it's also Jesus who's the baptizer. That's really important to understand. Jesus himself is the baptizer. It's different from water baptism. Water baptism is what, you know, happens. You believe and you're water baptized. This is a baptism of fire. And this is on your outline, Matthew chapter 3. Jesus, it says, uh, this is what John was saying about 
It's in all Gospels. John was saying this about Jesus. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Anybody want to catch on fire? Yeah. Yeah. Flame on, Johnny. (laughs) Fantastic Four, folks. You know what I'm saying. But this is a Holy Ghost fire. This is a Holy Ghost fire. Listen, Jesus was with his disciples for three solid years and told them, don't go anywhere until you're filled with the Holy Ghost. We haven't been with Jesus for three years, personally being taught by him. If they needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the church in 2019 needs it desperately. And Jesus paid an incredible price so this is available to every believer. Yeah. To snub your nose at it is like, I don't care you were beaten, whipped, and lost all your blood. I don't care if you're nailed to the Christ. Uh, you know, it's just uncomfortable for me to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Shame on you. Shame on you. This fire represents the power of God. Amen. And this is on our outline. Like a natural fire that both cleanses and empowers, the spiritual fire will purify and empower you. Mary said today, she didn't want, in in her exhortation, and it should be the cry of all of us, I don't want any sin in me. I don't want the little blip of darkness in me. I want to be able to say like Jesus said, the prince of the power of the air is coming and he has nothing in common with me. That should be out of our lips also. Amen? Amen. This is a separate thing. You're saved. The Spirit of God comes and indwells you. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God comes upon you. Yeah. So, so, so what is speaking? What is speaking in tongues? This is on your outline. Speaking in tongues is speaking from your spirit. There you go. Or praying from your spirit in unknown languages by the enabling of the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit enables you mm-hmm. to do this. And according to 1 Corinthians 13, it says, you know, the languages spoken are the languages of men and of angels right. that you don't understand. Okay, you don't understand them. Okay, so why would God have us speak something that we didn't understand? Well, because it's going to go beyond the limits of what you can understand. And what he may be preparing ahead for answers and putting things together in your life. You, you just, our limited mind cannot right. understand. I mean, how many times have you just tried to pray or think about something and figure out all the angles of it, and you still don't know how to, you still can't put it all together? <laughs> Happens a lot, doesn't it? Yes. So why would it bother us even that we can't understand these supernatural languages that we're praying out secrets and mysteries that mm-hmm. says, so what? 
you don't understand a lot of stuff anyways in your life that you can't figure out. So you cross that over into this, and you think, well, so what? The Holy Spirit is enabling me to do this. Come on. And I'm praying out. I have unlimited then supernatural help from God when I'm doing it. Come on. So what if you don't understand what exactly it is, just knowing I'm praying out secrets and mysteries that are going to help me? Come on. And who knows the things that you may be praying about that could be helpful at the time? I mean, this is why even Ephesians 3.20, this, this, this cool. scripture, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or imagine. Wow. Like he could do a lot, obviously, beyond what our little tiny pea brains can even figure <laughs> out, you know, according to the power that works in us. See, so we've got to let that power flow. We've got to let the power be released. And one of the ways we do that is like, fill me, God, with yes. your spirit to overflow. Let, yes. let it flow from me. And so this is why we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because it just opens. The, it's like, like a river. In other ways, Jesus described like a river of living water that Come begins on. to flow yes. from him. And so who does the speaking? This is on yeah, this is really important. Guess what? You do the speaking. You speak. The Holy Spirit gives you utterance. The Holy Spirit won't make you do anything. God won't make you do anything. He gives you an opportunity. Here's salvation. Here's blessing. Here's curse. Here's the future of hell without me. Which do you want? You do the speaking. You're the one who does the speaking. Look what it says here in Acts chapter 2, verse 4. It says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You do the speaking. And it's speaking a language of the Spirit. It goes beyond your brain, beyond your mind. It comes from the hidden man of the heart. Your born-again spirit. That's where it comes from. You speak it out of your mouth, the words that come up from your innermost being. And this is maybe, you talked about this earlier. Look at this scripture. I love this. Now this is a word picture. Don't just read the words here, but look what Jesus says. If anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. By this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believe in him would receive. Rivers of living water flow out of your innermost being. Those rivers, you put an articulation to it with the help of the Holy Spirit. You speak. You speak. It helps you grow spiritually. I'm telling you what, I was just like off the charts once I was filled with the Holy Ghost. Right. One purpose this goes on for praying in the Spirit is to build up yourself spiritually. Scripture says when you Mm -hmm. pray in the Spirit, you build up yourself spiritually. It says that in Jude 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Or the Holy Ghost. I mean, 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. 
To edify means to build up or enlighten or just strengthen. Just so just like your physical body yep. needs food and nourishment, our spiritual body needs the same kind of nourishment and edification. And praying in the Spirit will do that. Amen. It's important that we build ourselves up in the Spirit. And then it gives us help to pray. We mentioned this already about mysteries. 1 Corinthians 14.2 says. Look at this. Read, read what it says here. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Mysteries. Those mysteries that you're praying out in the Spirit are probably about you. Or your family. Or a loved one. Maybe what you're praying out today in the Spirit is an answer to a question you have five years from today. Maybe the answers you're receiving now are because you prayed out two years ago in the Spirit. Do you want to have these mysteries? Do you want to pray out these mysteries? Do you want to pray out the future of your children? you want to pray out your future? God is giving you an opportunity and me an opportunity to receive a gift. And it is a gift. You know, we, we don't have time in this message to share all the scriptures around it. But what happened on the day of Pentecost... You know, Peter stood up and said, you know, this gift is for you and for your children and for as many as are called yes. afar off. And so and he was referring to the whole package, not Come just on. salvation, but the tongues because people questioned that. And so how do I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You have to be born again. First, you were born of the Spirit. First, we're born again. That's what in Acts 2.28 Peter did say, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, forgiveness of your sins, mm -hmm. and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, is what he said. And then simply ask. It's not hard. It's a gift. The biggest part is the desire and the expectation to just say, yes, I want this. Yeah. I do want Come it. On. So we receive by faith, number two. It's just simply receive by faith. Yeah, number three, you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit and you begin to speak in tongues. You yield yourself. You yield yourself. Yeah. We all understand what that word means, yield yourself. Number four is be refilled every day. It, you know, the Bible was written in, in the Greek language and in... Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, don't be drunk with wine, but... Uh, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. That word means be filled with the Spirit. The word is in the Greek, it's a continuation. It means be being filled with the Holy Ghost. Be being filled. Be being filled. Just because you prayed in tongues one time and you put it on the shelf, you have just hurt yourself. Yeah. You've hindered yourself from walking with God. You've hindered yourself from understanding the spirit realm. You've hindered yourself from being a witness to other people who desperately need to hear about Jesus. Yeah. Now we want to so give who, people an opportunity. Yeah, we, because the scripture Jesus said, you know, if you preach the word, that he would follow up signs would follow the preaching of the word 
so I, we told, absolutely believe that the Holy Spirit is here, He's present, and He desires to fill those who would come and ask, who have a desire in their heart simply by faith to receive the gift of the, of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Number one qualification is that you're born again. If you're here today and you haven't been born again, we'll give you this opportunity. Jesus went to that cross to die for your sins. Without accepting his sacrifice for your sins, you're going to have to pay for your sins. and It will be forever. And there's a real punishment to it. Hell is real. Pain is real. And forever you'll be tormented. But Jesus is the Savior of the world. He gives you an opportunity to avoid all of that. And it's simple by humbling yourself before Him. Recognizing that you are a sinner and you've sinned against God in thought. And then when you recognize that you're a sinner, a Savior looks really good. <laughs> and Jesus is offering that salvation to you today, right now. If you want your sins forgiven, if you want a fresh start, Jesus is offering that to you today. If that's you, I'm asking you to simply raise your hand high enough so that I can see it. We're going to say a prayer because that's how you become born again. You believe in your heart. You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. I see that hand. Anybody else want to step right up and get their life right with Jesus? I want everybody to say this prayer out loud. I want you to bow your heads. Heavenly Father, that's right, come on. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I recognize that I've sinned against you. I've sinned against you in my thinking, in my words, and my actions. I, I'm asking you to forgive me through your son, Jesus. Jesus, I declare that you're my Lord. I declare you're my Savior. I declare that I am yours and belong to you alone. Come and live big with me. I yield my heart to you now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.